We are back, everybody, after a week hiatus due to some landscaping. That's a shoot. And it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a shoot on the landscaping. And uh, I was kind of down from, uh, I had some surgery kind of stuff done, but uh, it worked out for everybody to just take the week off. But we're back this week talking about uh, the May 22nd fight night card. We're going to preview this coming up. Uh, Saturday's fight night card, uh, June 5th, uh, headlined, of course, by, by Rosenstrike and Sakai. Uh, all, kinds of, all kinds of fun stuff to talk about there. We're going to get into this boxing news. But as always, man, uh, so, some weekend talk pre-show led to some, some A-plus tweets, if I'm being honest, down the line. <laughs> yes, yeah. Me and Moe's have unrecorded, basically unrecorded podcasts that we do for Sometimes I go for hours. Yeah, today we were talking for a couple hours before we even started recording. We talked a lot about wrestling and life and things that we think would be funny to tweet down the line. So, um, so yeah, and, and yeah, we took the week off last week between you know, Mo's having you know some what well, was mainly like dental sinus yeah. sinus stuff. Yep, yeah, um, had had some surgery stuff on the on the tooth. Feeling better now. So Mo's good to go now. And then we tried making this happen like three different times uh, since last week. And they were doing landscaping literally right outside of my office. They had and it wasn't just like regular, like just like kind of minimal stuff. They chopped down probably. I mean, probably total around my complex, probably 10 trees. But then they had to cut them with chainsaws and then put them through wood chippers and then come and grind down and remove the stumps. So like this took like a whole week worth of this that was going on right side of my, uh, my office. And it was so insanely loud that me and Mo's just, we just couldn't record the show. So that, that that's why we took the week off. But luckily for us, it wound up being kind of a perfect week to take off. And yeah. now we're going to be coming back. Like Mo's said with the font Garbrandt talk, with the upcoming uh, Rosen Strike and Sakai talk, and then like Mose was saying, I mean, we got we got some news in the world of boxing that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. So, uh, so yeah, man, how's everything else going for you? Good, man. Good. It's been a pretty breezy couple of weekends, wrestling wise. I haven't been on the road too much. Uh, well, I mean, we've been on the road um, every Friday and Saturday, but local shows like within like an hour, so that's barely that's nothing at this point. Uh, Getting back in it, though, this month with June, we got some big shows, big weekends, a couple of debuts. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. Uh, excited to be back and get back in the MMA. It was weird um, not not hearing uh, a little bit of shit talk um, come from that <laughs> side. But we're going to make up for lost time when we, we get into all this. I can feel it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's get into it, man. Yeah, the big boxing news. We keep hitting. We're dancing around. It's, it's, a, it's officially unofficial but official everything we're seeing jake paul tyron woodley will go down in a boxing ring there's going to be according to rumor their first face-off is going to be this coming up friday um uh, in miami so that'll be the first promotional event uh, for the fight but it appears to be on of course shouldn't be a shocker woodley really talked he wanted this fight really wanted after the ben askren loss there was an altercation between uh, Tyron Woodley and the Paul team. So some storyline going into this, Stephen, but uh, initial thoughts out, out of Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley uh, putting, putting the gloves on and throwing down. 
So I've got a lot of thoughts on this. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of layers to this one. Um, and if those those of you who listen to this show often, I would recommend maybe listening to some previous episodes where we talk about Tyron Woodley because I'm not going to get super deep into all of it. <clears throat> Excuse me as I try to clear my throat there because this is going to be a little bit of a rant probably. Um, so I'm not the biggest Tyron Woodley fan. I think that's safe to say. Uh, I, I think that he was a very exciting fighter. Uh, I think he was a good champion. I was there live when he won the title from Robbie Lawler. It was an incredible moment. Uh, he had a a decent title run, uh, actually a bit of an underappreciated title run, if I'm being honest. And, but part of the problem that I started seeing with Woodley back in the day was the way he got his title shot was essentially, Carlos Condit breaking his leg and it was a legitimate win hundred percent. Woodley had also uh, knocked out Josh Koscheck in devastating fashion. Like he, he, he legitimately beat Carlos Condit. Although once again, like Condit's leg was a big problem in that one. And the real issue I had was he waited a long time for his title shot. It was like somewhere close to like a year and a half, two years, if I remember correctly. So, once again, not no real problem with that, right? Like you, you won, you got number one contender. You were promised the title shot. I think at some point too, one of his opponents missed weight too, and that's probably that's part of what pushed it out so long. Not Woodley's fault. Gets his title shot, wins the championship, all good. He did it. But right when he won that title, he started talking about wanting super fights with Conor McGregor and the Diaz brothers, and he started trying to deny people title shots who were in the same exact position that he was in before he got his title shot. So he just looked really hypocritical. And then he had a lot of back and forth with the UFC and their management over the years and all that stuff. Fast forward to now, right? He's lost his last couple of fights, uh, very one-sided, been getting his butt kicked in the UFC. Um, his contract ran out with the company. They did not renew him. Things he's done outside of the octagon uh, since losing the title, or even while he was the champion, his rap career, complete joke, like complete joke. It's so bad that most of his music has been pulled off of the internet because it was getting roasted so hard by the comments and the fans. That's that's, and that's. I know it sounds like a dick thing to say. It's just the truth. That that's what happened. He got trolled so hard because his music was so bad that they actively like they've tried to pull as much of it as they can like off of YouTube and off of other platforms. It's hard to find a lot of his songs. He's also gone on to acting where he's had roles such as getting his dick bit off by a raccoon. So, and, and also let's not forget that his, his album that came out, came out the day after he lost the title to Kamar Usman, like for whatever reason, Woodley thought it would be a good idea to plan the release date of his album the day after his fight. Obviously he thought he was going to win and that's why he did it, but he lost and then, like, half his music is about him being the champion and, like, kicking people's asses. But, like, he had literally got his ass kicked the day before his album came out. So just a lot of a lot of missteps in the career trajectory of, of Tyron Woodley that, in my opinion, have made him look very, very foolish. Now, him versus Jake Paul. If there was anybody... So we saw Ben Askren try, right? He represented, he represented MMA, but he was an MMA fighter that... Everybody knew had limited striking. Now we're in a position as MMA fans where we need we need redemption, right? Someone needs to go in there 
and put Jake Paul in his place and and get him to shut up about how lame and weak UFC fighters are. Because up to this point, he has he's able to talk this shit. Like he went in there and he did knock out Ben Askren. Like so, regardless of what you think about Ben Askren, he did that. Like like Jake Paul versus MMA right now, he's one and zero. Jake yeah. Paul versus the NBA right now, he's one and zero. Like so, we need someone to go in there and put him in his place. They could not have picked a worse person than Tyron <laughs> Woodley. Jake Paul is going to knock this dude out also. Like in this, and this is going to be. Like, and, and here's the thing. Does Woodley have a, a much better chance of beating Jake Paul than Matt Askren? Yes. But I think Tyron Woodley's chin is compromised. I think it's been proven in his last couple of fights. Like, he is not the same fighter he was when he was the champion. And Jake Paul is going to eviscerate him on the microphone leading up to this fight. Yes. They're going to they're gonna be doing these face-offs and these press conferences. And... Jake Paul is going to be roasting this dude's rap career, his acting career, his his attempts at, at social media clout, all of these things. The fact that he was clearly salty that like rappers knew about ben, about Ben Askren didn't know about him and stuff like Jake Paul is going to clown Tyron Woodley and he's going to get so this is my prediction. He's going to get so in Tyron Woodley's head before that bell even rings that he's going to be in a position where he's like. I think Tyron Woodley is going to get really, really, really nervous because he's going to know, like, oh, my God, what if this guy does knock me out after all this trash he said about me and the fact that this guy's a YouTuber and and the fact that my career outside of the UFC is already a complete joke. The acting doesn't work. The rapping doesn't work. And now I'm going to be known as the guy who got knocked out by Ben by uh, uh, Jake Paul. Like, could not have picked a worse a – wor- so – from a from the perspective of being a UFC fan and a fan of mixed martial arts, they could not have picked a worse representation than Tyron Woodley to face Jake Paul. As a fan, sorry, sorry, just the last thing I'll say, as a fan of this type of fighting, as someone who's going to buy the show, and as yep. all the things I just said about Tyron Woodley, they could not have picked a better person to put up against Jake Paul than Tyron <laughs> Woodley. Because... All it's going to do is reaffirm everything I've been saying about this guy. Yeah. So that's how I feel about it, man. I know I just went off. I want your full thoughts on this too, but that's, <laughs> I, I need I needed to paint a full pic. I needed to paint a full picture for everybody of I'm definitely biased because I'm just not a fan of Tyron Woodley. And as a UFC fan, I really wish they would have picked somebody who they could put in there that would just beat the shit out of Jake Paul. But because of the circumstances, I really feel like Jay Paul is going to get him. And I feel like Tyron Woodley is just going to be it's going to be. But here's the other thing. He has a chance for serious redemption, too. If he goes in there and he knocks out Jake Paul, people forget about the shitty acting and the shitty rapping. Now he's the guy who redeemed the sport of mixed martial arts. So this is like this is either going to put Tyron Woodley in complete obscurity as a complete joke and getting trolled for the rest of his life. Or he's going to be looked at as the savior of mixed martial arts in this war as celebrity boxing. Yeah, no, I think you, you've seen, you're thinking of the same Tyron Woodley we've all seen, man, since that went over Robbie Lawler, that knockout back in, back in July of 2016, which was, you know, those hands, you, you, that's what you're going to need in a boxing match and in, in this kind of fight. 
Since then, he has had a draw with Wonder Boy. He majority beat Wonder Boy. Decision unanimous uh, over Damian Maya. He submitted Darren Till. Remember that back in 2018. Since then, four losses, all either you know back to back decision losses, and now back to back the the rib injury, the TKO loss to Colby Covington in 2020, and then not that long ago, March 2021. The, uh, the loss to Vicente Luque. And you can already see, I believe, the Paul, like, I don't know what his fan base is, but I think they've, they've already hit uh, Tyron Woodley's record right now. It's 0-0-27. and <laughs> Oh, they hit, they, 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 on his Wikipedia, is that what it says? Yeah, it jumps oh, that's from. that's hilarious. So, he, Colby Covington lost, puts him at 19-6-1. The Vicente Luque to the left, his record 0-0-27. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get mm. trolled. I mean, he's just going to get trolled so hard, and he's just not going to have any – he's just not going to have – I've heard his trash talk. He's just, he's just not going to have a good time with this. Yeah. He, uh, August 28th is the fight, Showtime Boxing. Jake Paul opens as the favorite. So everything – I'm saying everything Vegas, everything you – we all seem to agree, man, that uh, – and Jake Paul even said it, I believe, right before we went on air, he did a little TMZ Sports, got a hold of something. And he, I think he says something to the effect of, uh, you know, this guy's going to go from winning UFC gold to being dropped within two rounds by a Disney star or something like that. And that <laughs> bodied me. It bodied me, bro. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing. Like, I mean, he – and here's the thing. He definitely has – as as much as I'm like roasting on Woodley, like he definitely has a very good chance of beating Jake Paul. Like he like he his striking and his knockout power, like it should be better than Jake's. Like on paper, yes, it really should paper, be. It should. These, of course, are the bigger gloves. Which I mean, the impact on that man, like as it, again, we're being very uh, very pro Paul, if you will. But Woodley could do this. It's just that question now of. This guy has lost a lot uh, lately, man. And this is a different kind of world when you're in there. It's the same thing. I mean, look, let's we, we can't get through a show without talking about Conor McGregor. Conor, known for his talking, his first press conference against Mayweather, it wasn't the same. You know, it didn't hit as hard. It took him. He had to kind of figure out kind of even that side of it, man. The 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 uh, You're talking about the trash talk side. That promotional side of boxing is different than MMA. So, it threw someone like Connor a little off. Of course, the second press conference, I believe, was where he showed up in the mink and they were at Madison yeah. Square Garden. And he, you know, he takes the pack pack and says something like, there's, you know, there's like a thousand dollars in here. I mean, that was, yeah. <laughs> he learned quickly. Connor, that's what makes Connor Connor. He, he, he learned quickly. Retired, man, this is a different world, bro. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it's gonna, I think it's gonna remind me of back in the day when like T Ortiz would get, roasted like every now and then he'd go back and forth with a fighter and tito like all of his trash talk was very like <clears throat> very canned like he like he could tell there was things he wanted to say or he'd bring like props with him like to like to make his punch lines try to like punch harder but mm-hmm. like but you could tell it was all just like pre-scripted stuff that he was just like sitting on and like hoping he could use but it just never sounded right so it just it just sounded weird and goofy and and you could just tell it was all pre-planned with with Tyron Woodley like I don't know what he's going to I I just he's not going to have a a response to this stuff. Mm-hmm. Jake Paul's going to be so much fun of him. 
I mean, all they literally all they need to do is pull clips of him wrapping up. Like that's all they have to do, and the guy is <laughs> gonna get so. Because that's the thing too. You gotta you gotta figure with his audience, the same people who you know would jump on Wikipedia to change a record to troll him. These people are going to. Tyron Woodley's bad rapping is going to be trending worldwide. Like the whole world's going to be making fun of this guy when they hear this stuff. Like mm. it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to be, a, I've been so in love. I've been so in love with you. I've been so in love. So in love with you. Like the MMA community knows that shit. They know Tyron Woodley's memes, but Jake Paul is about to bring that onto like 20 million more people that don't even know Tyron Woodley exists. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be roasting the shit out of this guy. Like, good luck, Tyron. And then that's the other thing, too, is, like, his... The one thing I got to give... I really got to give credit to Jake Paul for is he has been doing... I mean, he still does his his vlogging or whatever he does with YouTube. But I, I feel like 90% of his life, at least, like, has been dedicated to nothing but boxing training for the last, like, four years. So, like... This guy, it's not like he's some joke either. Like he's a guy who's in his prime, who has, who's definitely athletically gifted and has knockout power. And the little bit we have seen him, he has been impressive. The little bit we have seen him and he's been doing nothing but training this, like just boxing, 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 boxing. And he has the money and the resources to have really, really, really good trainers and have, you know, a ring Mm -hmm. in his house and, and all these things like he's, he is dedicated and Woodley has been dedicated to fighting for a long time. But once again, he's also been recently dedicated to trying to act and rap and all this stuff outside of fighting. And the fighting he's been doing, he hasn't been looking good. So it's like a guy who's totally, totally locked in in boxing. And and yeah. a guy who's like kind of in and out, but like has been really unsuccessful outside of it. So it's, it's very... Uh, I just, I honestly, I mean, here's the good thing for Tyron Woodley. He'll make a lot of money. He'll probably make more money for this than he did in any of his UFC fights. So there's that. And that, and I'm, I'm happy for him in that sense. Because I, as much as I make fun of the guy, I respect, I mean, he'd, he'd literally murder me, right? You know, it's like, I still respect the fact that, like, he put his body in the line. He was a champion. He'd be anyone who who enters the octagon like yes. even a guy like even a guy like cm punk like i roast him a lot his octagon run but it's like it's like dude he has a bigger set of balls than i'll ever have like i'll never i'll never not say that the guy has serious fucking balls for doing what he did it's just he just wasn't good at it and i can right. objectively say that as a fan watching like he just wasn't good at it but tyron woodley like you know i have all the respect in the world for him as a fighter it's just all the respect I've lost for him outside of the octagon and just knowing that Jake's strengths in the trash talk and in what we've seen of him in boxing. I just feel like Woodley is, man. And it's like, you just saw your best friend get knocked out by this dude. Like, do you real like, I know part of this is like for revenge, but I mean, there's gotta be a part of Woodley's brain too. That's saying like, this guy might be able to do that to me also, you know, he, he gotta be thinking that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it, it's um, I I honestly think I wouldn't be shocked if he does if he's a man of his word if Jake Paul drops Tyron Woodley within two rounds wouldn't be shocked. Um, but I'm also with you like the main story that should be taken away is this is without a doubt a, a much more difficult uh, combatant in there other than Ben Askren that was. You know, like this is a step up for sure. Yes. Um, 
for sure, for sure. But I'm with you. I, I think there's a very, very – I mean, Vegas agrees with us right now. There's a really good chance uh, that Paul Power is showing off again. Man, I keep nailing these right now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Dude, well, one, I didn't mention that. I'm glad you brought that up. Jake Paul was the favorite for the betting opening line. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, that's how wild is that? I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, like, I, I think it's pretty deserved, though, based on like what yeah. I'm saying, too, though. I mean, like, I, I, I'm going to pick Jake Paul to win the fight. Like, that's my prediction is Jake Paul wins. Yeah. So, like, I, so I'd consider him the favorite, but he would have figured, like, at the very least, it's like former UFC champion Tyron Woodley. You know what I mean? Like you gotta that counts for something, right? So no, yeah, it, it's it's the thing where, and, and from what I've I've kind of gathered in a little bit since it's been announced and and whatnot, I think the when we get closer to fight night, I think Paul's going to be a bigger favorite. So if you're looking to make some money on on Jake Paul in this fight, I would say put it down sooner because I I think the closer we get to August. Um, it's going to be a bigger line than it is. Uh, and I think that's for a reason. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. It's also not crazy. It's exactly what boxing is, man. It's like this beautiful, violent sport that kind of just doesn't make sense sometimes. I guess it's the fight game. <laughs> yeah, and it's wild that, you know, we're living in a world where YouTubers are, yeah like, the most popular thing happening in that sport, which is, like, that's the real crazy thing. Like, I mean, there's still some big names out there, right? Like, you know, Manny Pacquiao and Errol Spence are going to be fighting soon. Um, they're going to do, uh, I guess they have to do Wilder and Fury again yeah. because of the contract. But, you know, Fury is a very big draw. Um, Canelo will all be, always be a draw. Yeah, great, great point there. Canelo, I mean, um, I mean Anthony Joshua, for especially for his market, yeah. like the UK, yeah. he's huge. But uh, the but landscape, yeah. though, of what a, what a Jake Paul brings, much different. Yeah, it really, it really does. I mean, especially when they're on shows where like they're the main event and there's like actual title fights underneath them and stuff because, because they're the draw. You know, I mean, it's that that's that's really wild to me. Is like is that trajectory of it of the, but it makes sense, man. And it's you know, and it's and it's. I'm not going to say that boxing is easier than mixed martial arts, but like it is an easier thing to just jump into than boxing is because there's just the element of punching and, and obviously head movement and foot in, in your foot movement and all this stuff that comes along with boxing and the toughness and all that. But like, you don't have to learn the striking and the ground game and the clinch and the submissions. And you know what I mean? There's just way less that you have to learn. You just got to, become competent at throwing punches and getting out of the way of punches. But so it makes sense that like these people with these giant followings are going into something like that because, you know, people like to watch people fight each other and people get really invested in these YouTubers. And, you know, someone like Jake Paul probably has like, what I don't even know, probably 20 million Twitter or I, overall social media is probably like 50 to hundred million followers over like social media and stuff. Like, I mean, the, the, there's huge audiences for this stuff. Um, but so it makes sense why it's popular and why it's successful and why they're doing it in boxing and also why we're not seeing this in MMA. Like, I think there's, you know, th like, that's why we're not seeing Jay Paul, like in the octagon, because th we're, it's a totally different story with all like Ben Askren, I, th I think would still you know work him in MMA one takedown. And like, that's, it's over. Tyron Woodley, same thing. If this was an MMA, Tyron Woodley, 
doesn't have to really rely on his chin so much. He can just take down Jake Paul and then like do whatever he wants pretty much when it's on the ground. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's just that, that's really the most interesting thing to me is like the fact that, that YouTubers have basically become the most popular thing in the sport of boxing. So, uh, so yeah. And I don't think, I think we're still at the very beginning of it, dude. I mean, Aaron Carter is about to be boxing Lamar Odom in a couple weeks. Um, we're, is, well, and we haven't mentioned it yet. We're five days out. It's this weekend, Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul. That's right. That is this weekend, which like it's wild that I feel like not. I mean, people are talking about it, but people are more interested in Jake because of like what he's been yeah, doing. Um, I think I think they'll do. Honestly, I think what they'll probably do, they'll do. Obviously, I'm taking Mayweather over Logan. Like, they're, they're, I think you just have to be completely insane to not take Floyd Mayweather in that fight. Um, but I think Floyd beats Logan. Uh, if Jake beats Woodley, I mean, you you do. I know it's insane, but you do Floyd Mayweather and, and Jake Paul, and in that, not an exhibition, in an actual pro fight, you do it the same yeah. way. The same way you did Connor and Floyd. Like yep. you do Jake Paul and Floyd. You, like that's. It would be like the biggest pay per view ever, which is like ins- it would just be. wild. It absolutely so, would be. Uh, yeah. yeah, big crazy Paul boxing news. One more time, one brother this weekend. Logan Jake fighting Tyron in August. Um, you said it, man. In the midst of all that, the craziest thing right now is YouTubers are possibly the biggest stars in boxing, and um, I don't know, man. In a weird way. It makes sense, like with that. That's always been such a, a money. I mean, every you know, every business, everything's after money. But boxing, man, it, when I when when now any of us have soured on boxing, it's it's been a bad sour that I've had to step away because of it. Just feels money makes that sport move. Uh, so you know, maybe it does make sense the YouTubers because they are man. These numbers on pay per views are incredible. Um, I'm in, I'm interested. I'm very interested. I'll be in, interested Saturday. I'll be interested in August. Uh, interesting times to say the least in the world of boxing. We're moving over to the the MMA world. We got UFC Vegas 27. We're going to skim through these a little more than normal. Of course, it's been a couple weeks. Y'all know what happened, but we can't not talk about, uh, of course, the main event, Cody Nola, Rob Font, Font getting the dub, man. It was a uh, decision 48-47 and then 50-45 times two. Uh, both landed some big shots, but Rob Font, uh, you know, landed the bigger ones and uh, and got the job done, bro. Yeah, and he he just landed so much more volume. Like Rob mm-hmm. Font, just he just overall just a better fighter than Cody right now. I think that's really just the only way to put it. Um, I honestly like the the forty eight forty seven was a little too close for my liking. Like the the fifty four yeah. the fifty forty fives, even a fifty forty or forty nine forty six would have been okay because there was a round or two where it was pretty close, but. For the most part, this was like I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but Font probably outla- outlanded him like six or seven to one. Like to be honest, like it was like it was re- he really he really ran away with it towards the end of the fight. Um, and yeah, super impressive from Font. I mean, he he that's what he needed. He needed a uh, he needed a win like that. And Garbrandt's in a tough spot now coming off that, but like. I mean, he showed his toughness. Like he didn't get finished. True, but I mean, the, Font Font really rose to the occasion in this one. So, uh, so yeah, huge shout out to Rob Font. I, I I was very impressed with his victory. Four wins in a row now for Font. The first of that streak 
was a win over Sergio Pettis. We know what he's got going on right now for him. This one now, Cody Nola, former champion. Uh, in between, Ricky Simone, Marlon Moraes. Four very impressive wins. The Moraes one was a finish, the TKO back in uh, December of 2020. Performance of the night also formed that night. So, Font getting wins, getting bonuses. Um, happy to see it, man. Like you said, it's a tough loss for Cody, but he did land some solid main event. Uh, anything you want to add uh, here before we get into the co-main? Yeah, just as far as, like, what could be next for each guy. Yes. Okay. Um, Rob Font, I'm thinking. So, they'll, they're will they going to do uh, Yawn and Sterling. They got to run that back because of the, you know, the illegal knee and all that. So, that's going to happen. And then we also have Corey Sandhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. Yes. Which, which should be the number one contender fight, as far as I'm concerned. The winner of that fight should fight the winner of Yawn and Sterling. So I would say Rob Font should fight the loser of Jan and Sterling. So, because that basically, if you if you fight Jan, if you beat Jan or Sterling, um, come with one of them coming off of a title fight, and you let Sanhagen and Dillashaw play out, and you know the winner of that faces the winner of the title fight, then I think Rob Font is set up perfect right there as your number one contender when that whole situation, um, you know, kind of plays itself out. Right. So. Um, so that's what I'm thinking for Rob Font. And then Cody Garbrandt, it's got to be somebody, it's got to be someone ranked probably much lower because yeah. <laughs> he's still ranked number five, which he, which is well-deserved. Like, you know, Rob Font's at three now, uh, Aldo's at four. So Garbrandt's still in, he's not really in the worst spot because even his losses are to really good fighters. Um he just he's kind of in a no man's land now though because you know he was going to get a title shot against Figueredo, but they got to run back Figueredo and Marino because of the draw. So Garbrandt now he's lost. So like I doubt that he's going to get a title shot at flyweight coming off of you know let's be honest pretty much a beat down from Rob Font. It was pretty one sided, and so Garbrandt basically is now in a position where he needs to reestablish himself as a contender at bantamweight. But he's going to have to do it by beating people ranked under him for a little while. So, I don't know. Maybe you do, like, him and Dominic Cruz or something. Like, maybe you do that rematch just because, like, it was such, like, an epic win for Garbrandt. Maybe Cruz maybe can try to get some revenge there or Garbrandt can kind of, like, maintain his position in the division there. Um, maybe you run back him and Munoz because uh, that was a really, really fun fight. They just bit down on their mouthpieces and swung for the fences. Uh, you know, so... You know, uh, you know, honestly, I, I don't know how I didn't think of this before. It's only because he's not in the top 15. They should do Garbrandt versus Sugar Sean. That's really what they should do. Do it. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's my final answer on that one. So I do Rob Font versus the loser of Yon and Sterling, and I do Cody Garbrandt versus uh, Sean O'Malley. That is a – that man, that would get the internet going. Cody No Love um, and yeah, Sugar Sean, yeah, let's get that going. Uh, can't wait to see how this year ends for Rob Font. I think he get another fight in for sure. Um, it's one to watch, man. Like you're saying, closer to a title shot than maybe people realize Rob Font. In the co-main event, Carla Sparza, second round TKO over uh, Jan Jaunin. Is that right? Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, that's, that's about as close as I think either of us are going to get. Yeah, Jonan, I think is how okay. I say it, but yeah. Okay, well... She got finished in the second round on a very game night from Carla Esparza, raining down shots for the TKO finish. This uh, this got Carla the performance of the night bonus. So uh, 
excellent stuff in the co-main if you're in the Carla Esparza camp. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had Jonan winning, uh, like, in my predictions, and Esparza just really, really impressive. She just... She's a grinder. She really is. Like yeah. she's she's yep. great. She had great wrestling and she had really good ground and pound and she works for submissions and she has solid stand up. She's very tough. I mean, she was the first strawweight champion for a reason. And the the big takeaway here too, and where I I hope that they head is, you know, Esparza, first strawweight champion of all time. The person she beat to win that title was Rose Namajunas, who's now the Ooh. champion. <clears throat> and as far as in my opinion has done enough to claim number one contender because the two above her in the rankings are young Jacek and Zhang who have both had chances or, you know, have both fought um, Nami Yunus recently or in Jun Jacek's uh, case has fought her multiple times. I think you do as far as Nami Yunus for the title, run that rematch back. You have the, the built in from the ultimate fighter and everything that's happened with the two since them to lead to this point. And then, the two I just mentioned, even though there's no way they can live up to the initial fight, yeah. I do I do Zhang and John Jacek for uh for normal contender after that. Ooh. So um so strawweight's pretty stacked right now. They and then they also got Marina Rodriguez in the top five. They got Mackenzie Dern right outside of the top five. Nina Nunez right outside of the top five. Like they got women's strawweight's actually looking really really good right now. So uh. So that's what I so I so huge win for Esparza. I think she should get a title shot. And then Joe Nan uh, just needs to fight someone ranked below her, and she'll probably bounce back. I think she was just a little she was just a little outclassed by just a, a fighter who's a little more just a more well rounded fighter. Five wins in a row now for Esparza, including wins over Michelle Waterston and Marina Rodriguez. You just mentioned um, great stuff, man. Awesome co-main. Uh, we wanted to hit this one. We've been talking about it for weeks and weeks. We finally got Jack Hermanson, Edmund Shabazian. Hermanson with the unanimous decision win, 29-27 across the board. Solid fight. Jack would just seem to be the, the better fighter right now. Exactly. Uh, kind of a – it's, it's a big – it's like a big step up for Shabazian, but like, yeah. you know, Shabazian, he had fought Brunson and lost to him, but like and Hermanson is like right there with Brunson. Like they're right around the same level. And I know they fought each other. And I can't even remember who won that fight, to be honest. Uh, did Hermanson beat Brunson or vice versa? Um, let me see. Or did they not fight each other? Am I thinking of someone different? I'm thinking of, of Serbazian fought Brunson and Hermanson. Who's Hermanson fight that I thought was, I'm getting confused now. It's okay. Um, yeah, just because I was lost. I don't know why I thought that. I thought that Hermanson and Brunson had fought each other before for some reason, but I guess they haven't. But uh, I know Shabazian and Brunson have fought each other. So this was a uh, this was a tough fight for Shabazian. Like he did look good on the feet. Uh, his striking looked really good, and he looked like he almost in his his ground and pound looks really good too, Shabazian. And he had Hermanson in some trouble early, but the fight was pretty much all all uh, Hermanson outside of that. Uh, Hermanson's uh, grappling is just really, really good. He has unorthodox striking, and Hermanson just just a really, really, really solid fighter. And at middleweight, where he's sitting now at number six, Brunson's at five, Cannoneer's at four, Vittori, Costa, and Whitaker all rounded out, and then uh, Adesanya at the top. Man, Hermanson's in a tough spot too. 
because like he's gonna he's lost to some of these guys above him. But if he hasn't fought Brunson, I don't know why I'm so sure they fought each other. I would just do that fight. Just do Hermanson and Brunson next to number five and number six. Let's go. And then, uh, and then we had, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Shabazian, which similar to the other uh, people that had lost on this show, he just, someone ranked underneath Shabazian still at number 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him and maybe like him and Kevin Holland. Maybe like that. Ooh. That could be interesting because Holland's at 14 and he's beatable for Shabazian. But but Holland could also that'd be a big win for him. Yeah, both hungry for a win right now. Yeah. So maybe that's that's kind of where I'd go with those. No, yeah. I'm very happy for Jack Hermanson. Um, this was one again. We, we talked about it. He got shuffled around a little bit. Um, very, very proud. Uh, proud of the man, the big boy with the win there. Uh, any other fights you kind of ha- want to highlight from this this UFC Fight Night, also known as UFC Fight Night 188 slash UFC Vegas 27 card before we uh, preview a little bit? Yeah, just real quick, I'll just give a shout out. Uh, Norma Dumont and Felicia Spencer, really, really good fight. Um, really enjoy that. Felicia Spencer's tough as hell and Dumont, good win. I mean, this the in my opinion, it could have won either way, but just really good performance from each. And in the uh, in the prelims, shout out to Ben Rothwell for submitting uh, Chris Barnett. And Chris Barnett is like, <laughs> I, I want to see him fight more. But I mean, he's just a big, a big old boy who just throws he just throws meat. I, was, I mean, <laughs> very, very, very untechnical, uh, very low cardio. Um but just, I mean, he went out headhunting, which is exactly what the point of him is in the UFC. Like, that's what he is for. It's, I, And it's either he's going to knock you out or he's in for a long night. And Rothwell wound up picking him apart on the feet, dropped him, put him in a guillotine. Great win for Rothwell. But I was very entertained by watching Chris Barnett, so I do want to see more of him. Um, and then big shout-out to Court McGee for getting the win over Claudio Silva. Court McGee is a guy who... Has dealt with a lot of adversity. Yeah. Um, You know, was an addict. Well, I guess technically is an addict. You know, the way he looks at it, you know, you never really fully overcome. Um, And he is someone who's just helped out a lot of people along the way since he's been sober. And yeah, yeah, just a great story. And a guy who you could just tell because he hadn't won in a while. You could tell, at least I think he hadn't won in a while. Let me let me pull that up just to verify since I was wrong about that Brunson Hermanson stuff. Um, yeah, he had lost his last three in a row before this one. His last win was in 2000, uh, 2018. So you can just tell how uh, relieved Court McGee was to get the win. And like mm-hmm. his post-fight interview, he was just very grateful. And just it was a, a good dude. Claudio Silva, tough guy. He'll be back. Um, but really, really good, uh, really feel good uh, story for Court McGee. And then one other thing I'll mention real quick, too, of course, is Paul Felder announced his official yes. retirement and he was on commentary during the show. I think it's a good idea. You know, I mean, I mean, I I like watching him fight. I think he's a fun fighter to watch, but I never thought he had really like the, the skill set to be a world champion. But he's always been an entertaining guy. Um, and if he's at a point where he doesn't think he really wants to go for a title run and he doesn't want to just go in there and just throw fists with people. Cause that's pretty much what people would want at this point is Felder versus they want like Felder versus hooker type fights. Like just 
him in there just swinging for the fences and, and getting hit a lot while he's swinging for the fences. Like they just want to see knockouts and blood when they see Paul Felder. If he's at a point in his life where he has other options like UFC commentary and acting and other stuff, I mean, he was on Always Sunny a few years ago and it was hilarious with fight <laughs> him, him him and Cerrone doing fight milk. That was the funniest stuff. So uh so it, it's good to see Felder walk away with his health and with his wits about him and without a whole bunch of uh injury and issue and stuff. So uh so it's good to see and he's a guy who I'm going to be just brutally honest. I don't think he's UFC Hall of Fame level. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the UFC Hall of Fame because he's very well liked and he did have entertaining fights. But at the very least, like it looks like he has a, a job for the foreseeable future with UFC outside of the octagon, which I, I think anytime I could see a fighter get out of the sport with their health and if they want to stay involved, they can stay involved without actually fighting. Like that's it's always good to see. So, so, uh, Shout out to Paul Felder, uh, a guy who I thought didn't quite live up to the hype, but also was able to put together a lot of good fights and a very loyal fan base and put together a really good career for himself after fighting. So I, I very much respect all of that. 15 UFC fights, six performance of the night or fight of the night bonuses for Paul Felder. One of the most entertaining we've ever seen. Um, man, at times you just, it's hard to beat, uh, it's hard to beat a Paul Felder or fight. Like you said, the Dan Hooker fight, RDA. I mean, if going out, uh, two losses in a row, but both being two super entertaining fights, I mean, that kind of sums up Paul Felder. Um, you know, like you said, maybe not, didn't win as, as much as some would have, uh, would have liked, but, um, you always knew you were in for a banger with that guy. Anytime you're Cowboy Cerrone, you know, co-sign that that's the toughness right there. So yeah, one more time for Paul Felder, uh, who, who again, love him on commentary, love the energy. He's always going to have a job, man. And, and, um, I don't know, man, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a bummer cause I always enjoyed watching him fight, but like you're saying, it's good. And they can get out and have a, a solid post career. Like we know he will. Um, let's, let's hit this fight night. This coming up Saturday, June 5th. UFC Vegas 28 slash UFC on ESPN plus 47. My God, they're already almost up to 50 ESPN plus fight nights from the UFC apex right there in Las Vegas, Nevada or close enough. We're going to call it Las Vegas, Nevada headline. we got a couple heavyweights, man. Rosenstrike and Sakai in our main event. We've also got Walt Harris and Marcin Tibera in, in heavyweight action we've got some middleweight fights some welter, uh, welterweight fight on the the main card there more heavyweights all over the place in the prelim uh should be an exciting main man uh, both fighters coming off a loss looking for uh, an exciting win yeah 100 percent. i mean and they're two guys that definitely have knockout power i mean Rosen strikes in this position he's in because of the way he's able to to make short work of people. And also, you know, we've seen him overcome some adversity, like the Overeem fight where he was like, you know, 10 seconds away from losing the fight and then wound up knocking out Overeem right at the end. So we've seen some really good stuff um, from Rosen strike. And then Sakai, I mean, he had a really good streak going for him. He had won one, two, three, four, five, six in a row before losing to Overeem recently. And, uh, you know, some of those names, you know, Andre Olovsky, Chase Sherman, Marcin Tybura, who we're going to be talking about, Blagoy Avanov. So, I mean, there's been good fighters that he's beaten, you know, during that streak. But then, yeah, I got TKO by Alistair Overeem in September of last year. 
So he needs a big win to bounce back. Um, and Surreal Gone defeated Rosenstrike in his last outing by unanimous decision. Uh, Gone just outclassed him, just uh, just a better overall striking with a better game, better striker with a better game plan in that one. Um, and we're going to be seeing Surreal Gone fighting. Um, who is he fighting soon? Let me pull it up because I know he's main eventing later this month um, against Alexander Volkov. So that's going to be right. a really good one. So, uh, <clears throat> so that all being said, man, it's a tough one to call because I think Sakai is probably a more technical fighter and he'll probably fight him more like how Gone fought against Rosenstrike. But I've got to go with my gut on this one. I'm going to go with Rosenstrike. I'm going to say that he catches him early. Um, but basically, the earlier, the better for Rosenstrike. Um I just have a feeling about it. I think he bounces back, but both these guys need to win bad. So this is going to be a really, really fun fight because, like I said, they both really need the win. So they're going to both be out to to prove a point and to get back in the uh, kind of the title contention mix. So I'm going to go with Rosenstrike on that one. What about you? Yeah, I'm leaning that way. Uh, looking at the records, looking at where I think, I think, I think they they both kind of are. Uh, the only other loss that Rosie has is that, of course, lost to Nganu. So, yeah, I'm going to say you learned a lot in that gone loss, comes out, gets a big win. But you said it, man. Two hungry heavyweights, uh, both used to winning, coming off a loss. I'm very excited about this one. Could very well be uh, performance of the night, fight of the night stuff here. Um, also in the heavyweight division on this main car, like we keep talking about, Marcin Tibera. In there with Walt Harris, man, uh, this is kind of a sneaky good fight because of uh, uh, right now Walt coming off these back-to-back losses. He was knocking out, looking good with these finishes. Uh, now losses to Overeem and, and Volkov back-to-back in there. Um, interesting spot to be in for, for Harris. And then uh, Tibera, all, same boat uh, there for a minute. He had had two losses in a row. Comes back now four wins in a row, most recently finishing Greg Hardy. So two guys kind of on, on different uh, apexes right now. How are you thinking about Tibera Harris? So I like the matchup because Tibera, like you said, he's won four in a row. Um, he beat Rothwell and Hardy back-to-back in his last two, like you mentioned with Greg Hardy. I mean, so there was a lot of eyes on him because people tune in to see Greg Hardy lose Back. for the most part. So, And then you have Walt Harris on the other side. But, you know, with his losses being to Overeem and Volkov, it's – like he also had a lot of success in those fights. Like he dropped over him. I think right. he did pretty well against Volkov at points. I can't remember to be honest, but I remember the Overeem fight. He almost finished him in the first round, and then Overeem overcame it and then finished him in the second. But this is yeah, this is a tough spot for for Harris because you definitely don't want to lose three in a row in the UFC. Now, granted, what's happened in his life, you know, with that and I have Blanchard stuff. Um, you know, his stepdaughter who, who was mm-hmm. murdered and, and all that. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and like say like that he has like a like a immunity from like ever like being let go from the UFC because of that. But like, I think that that will play kind of a factor in like if he loses three in a row, I think he's so well liked in the company and and he's. I think, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where, like, you do still, that is still in the back of your mind where it's like, well, was he really 100% himself when he fought over him? I mean, that was pretty soon after the the Nia Blanchard murder. And, like, 
the Volkov fight, like Volkov's about to be maybe fighting for the title soon. I mean, so it's like, you know, how, so it's one of those things where like, I think even, even if Walt Harris lost to Marcin Tybura, you look at that and you take into account the personal life stuff and you go, all right, we're, we're going to give him a couple more chances here, especially if these fights wind up being close. So I don't think that Harris is like necessarily like back against the wall, having to like worry about his job security in this one. Mm -hmm. But like, you still don't want to have three losses in a row, even if it's the three really good fighters. Tybura is looking to just keep riding the momentum and he definitely has the momentum right now. But I'm going to say that Harris has a similar performance to, you know, his first round with Overeem, but he actually, he seals the deal and gets the job done. So I'm going to say Walt Harris, this is the big win that he's been looking for since Anaya Blanchard. You know, I, I think that this could be, this could be a really huge moment for him, hopefully. And, and if he loses, I just hope he's able to bounce back. Cause I mean, I can only imagine the things he's gone through in the last couple of years. And there's just no way that stuff doesn't affect you. Like, I, like, yeah. You could be the strongest willed person in the world. That kind of stuff. You know, everybody's different, but there's no way that doesn't affect you in some way, shape, or form. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Walt Harris in this one. But I think Tybura definitely has a really, really good chance. Um and he's 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 got all the momentum right now, but like I said, I, I'm gonna go Walt Harris. Yeah, I'm rooting Walt Harris. I want Walt Harris to win because of that that momentum. I think Tybura does get the win, uh, but this will be one for sure. I mean, I'm going to be rooting Walt Harris hard. I would love to see him get the dub. Um, it's just, I mean, Tybura's looked really good lately, and yeah, all this, uh, I mean, that's some serious shit, man, you're dealing with. Um, uh, it's just, it's hard. It's hard stuff to, to get in that cage under great circumstances. So, um, yeah, I uh, hope Walt Harris gets it done. I'm taking Tybura. Um Let's move on to this next one, man. This is an exciting fight. Kind of got lost in the shuffle of, you know, no no fights this past weekend. Of course, the big pay-per-view coming up uh, next week. But uh, Santiago Ponzaniba, Miguel Baeza, bro, two very successful fighters. Uh, Ponzi's coming off that knockout loss uh, earlier this year in January. But before that, right, 27-3, and 27-4 now coming into this fight. Uh, against an undefeated, like we're talking about future, twenty-eight years old, ten and zero. He's he's finished his last three as under the the UFC banner, four and zero, including that first win on the Contender Series eighteen back in June of twenty nineteen. Man, this is an exciting fight that not a lot of people. Uh, I don't know if they realize is, is just days away. Yeah, I like this fight a lot. Uh, like you said, Ponzinibbio, you know he had. He had taken like three years off before yep. he fought uh, Jing Liang and lost. So there might have been a little bit of that, but I don't want to take anything away from Jing Liang. I mean, that guy had a great performance and he's had a lot of really good performances. He's a very good fighter, a very tough guy in that division. And then, but Ponzinibbio, you know, he was like knocking on the door of, of a potential title shot before his hiatus. Like he was right there. So he really needs a win to bounce back. Unfortunately for him, a Miguel Baeza is a beast. Yes. This dude, like, he really got on my radar when he knocked out Matt Brown. Uh, and he, like, knocked him out brutally. Like, it was it was nasty. Uh, and then his last fight against Sato with the uh, the triangle choke. Like, this, the dude, or the arm triangle, rather. He, uh, the, the dude is just, he is an absolute beast. I think this guy, I don't want to, like, ride the hype too much. But, like, I really feel like Baeza could be a contender. 
He's not currently ranked, but if he beats Ponzinibbio, he'll probably be right around number 15, if not, like, just right outside of the rankings. Like, he's, he's right there on, like, the peak of really breaking out. And if he... I'm, I'm going to actually take him to beat Ponzinibbio. Um, but this is, this is, like, the biggest test for him. I mean, Matt Brown is, you know, a legend, and his, his performances are kind of hot and cold right now at this point of his career. Like, he's still getting wins, but he also can get knocked out brutally like against but you know Baeza. um but as far as like where both guys are in the division and everything i think this would probably be the biggest win of Baeza's career like as far as like getting him into fighting for like you know getting his name in there with contenders so i'm gonna go with Baeza, man but i i think this is probably the best uh matchup on the whole card yeah no this without a doubt should would could be a fight of the night could be a knockout of the night i'm with you i'm taking baeza uh just all around animal uh i think the sky's the limit but this is without a doubt a huge challenge would be the biggest win no disrespect uh to the immortal but uh, very excited fight nestled right there in the middle of that main card uh what else on this on this fight night do you see that really uh, you think we should be highlighting here um as we get closer and closer to fight night um, I would say probably the two like last fights of the uh, of the prelims, Montana De La Rosa and Ariana Lipsky. Um, Lipsky is coming off a loss to Antonina Shevchenko, but before that she had won two in a row. And she's been fighting really good fighters, losses to Joanne Calderwood and Molly McCann, um, but she's she's very solid. And like we were saying before with uh, with women's. Uh, well, we were talking about straw weight before, but flyweight is in this position where like they need to create contenders. Like Shevchenko is so far and beyond most of the flyweights mm-hmm. that like, you know, I I'm always paying attention to the flyweight division because I want to see the names kind of emerge as like potential contenders. Um, and Lipsky and, and De La Rosa are kind of in that mix. Um, De La Rosa is coming off of a draw to Bueno Silva and a loss before that to Vivian Araujo. I'm very bad with her name. She's a very good fighter. I'm just terrible at saying her name. But um, but yeah, I mean, so these are two good fighters and I'm going to I'm actually going to go with Lipsky in that one. And then the other fight that I would mention is Tanner Bozier and Alir Latifi at heavyweight. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like this one. Bozier lost to Arlovsky in his last fight. And Latifi has actually lost three in a row. Um, the He lost to Corey Anderson and Vulcan Ozdemir at light heavyweight and then lost to Derek Lewis at heavyweight. But three very good fighters. Um, I like Latifi at heavyweight. I think he's better off there than at light heavyweight, to be honest. And uh, he's a little undersized, but I think it's just good for him not to cut the weight. And, like, he's not going to win the light heavyweight title ever. And... Probably won't ever win the heavyweight title either, but I think he has a better chance of getting in the heavyweight title mix than the light heavyweight title mix at this point. Mm-hmm. So, so I would, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to go with Latifi in this one. And in once again, no matter who you are, you don't want four losses in a row, no matter who they've been to. So like Latifi really needs to win this one. I still think he's a good fighter. He's just been kind of outmatched in his last three. Uh, Bozier coming off the loss to Arlovsky. I feel like Latifi can get the job done. So I'm going to take Latifi in that one. Awesome fights. Uh, this is going to be an exciting card. Prelims, loaded up, main card, everything on ESPN+. Plus. 
Uh, we're going to be back next week talking about, of course, this fight night, kind of reviewed, if you will. And then we're going to deep dive into UFC 263, headlined by two rematches, the middleweight title on the line, the flyweight title on the line, Adesanya Vittori 2, Figueredo Moreno 2, also the return of Nate Diaz scrapping up with Leon Edwards. going to be awesome, awesome, awesome to talk some 209. But that is all next week. We kind of get back in our rhythm. Uh, man, it's, it was great to get back. Very happy to finally talk about uh, the last fight night. And, of course, uh, getting this stuff uh, could be a lot of finishes Saturday night. I can feel it. Um, anyone out there listening, if you feel so inclined, please throw a follow my way on Twitter at Moe'sKOBK. Uh, it's just good to be back, bro. Yeah, good to have you back. Good to be back on track. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to these fights. Anybody who wants to watch like kind of like live reactions to this upcoming show, the Sakai and Rosenstrike card, I'll be live on the Fightful YouTube channel uh, for the uh, – we'll definitely be on there for the co-main and the main event. I'll probably sign on during the Ponza Nibio Baeza fight because I, I really like that one. So we'll probably do a watch along from uh, Ponza Nibio and Baeza through the main event. So once again, that's on YouTube. Just go to Fightful's YouTube channel, F-I-G-H-T-F-U-L. And I'll be on there. I'll actually be live streaming uh, from my dad's house, probably. My dad and stepmoms, because um, shout out to my dad, uh, who will probably listen to this. He listens to a lot of my stuff, like, after the fact. But um, my dad actually fell the other day. Like, he was, like, walking down the street and, like, missed a step and broke two of his ribs when he fell. Oh, no. So, yeah, so he's, like, stuck at home, like, can't do anything. And my stepmom has to leave for business in a couple days. So I'm just going to go basically take care of my dad for the weekend. And uh, so I'm going to be doing all my stuff from there. So we'll see how that goes. I have no idea what my setup's going to look like or anything. But um, all that being said, if you watch the uh, – if you wind up watching on Fightful, I'll be doing it probably from my, my um, parents' house. And – um. And yeah, shout out to my dad. Hopefully he's starting to feel better because I know he's he's bummed out. He can't hit golf balls for like eight weeks or whatever. So um, so yeah, shout out to my dad. And uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, fight talk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. And uh, yeah, you got anything left for Mimos? And we'll uh, sign on out of here. No, man. Excited about the 209 back. Yes, I can't wait for the turn of Nate Diaz. That's going to be a good fight. That whole card's going to be good next week. We will be here next week on this show, giving you predictions, and we'll also be giving you the results and review of the latest card and all the news going on. Who knows if there's going to be anything more on the boxing side with the Paul mm-hmm. brothers and all that? Because you know, I guess by by the next time we talk, we'll have uh, Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather will have happened. So True. we'll have some stuff to talk about there, I'm sure. But until next week, for jumping Johnny Mosley, I've been Steven Jensen. We'll see y'all hopefully probably next Monday, Monday or Tuesday, probably Monday. Take it easy.